Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Picture this. It's Saturday morning and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now, you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hey friends, I'm Laura Adams and this is the Money Girl Podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. Think of me as your financial coach. Each show is kind of like a mini training. We cover a variety of topics on all kinds of stuff, credit, debt, investing, real estate, business, taxes, insurance, money management strategies, and a whole lot more. I'm so glad to have you listening and really want to thank you for downloading the show. Your time is super important to me, so I try to pack as much power into each show as I can. This is episode number 517 called Five Places to Invest After You Max Out a Retirement Account. And I hope my voice will hold up. I'm fresh off ACL, which is the Austin City Limits Festival here in Austin, obviously, which is a three-day music festival. That's so much fun. I had a great time with some friends that came into town, but now I'm really paying the price. No matter if you've been listening to the show for years or you're a brand new listener, you've probably heard me say that one of the most important financial goals is to max out a retirement account. But what happens after you do that? Does the investing just stop? Absolutely not. There are more great ways to invest when you have extra cash, but I don't want you to worry if you're not there yet. So even if you're still working hard just to max out one retirement account, or maybe you haven't even gotten started contributing to a retirement account yet, this is still a very important episode for you. Money Girl is much more than a podcast. It's really training for your entire financial life. So this topic will help you consider your goals and priorities no matter where you are in your financial journey right now. And this topic was inspired by Simone, who says, I've maxed out my retirement accounts, but still have $14,000 that I want to invest this year. My husband and I have a six-month emergency fund and are not inclined to prepay our mortgage because the interest rate is 3.25%. Would it be better to use a non-deductible IRA? or a brokerage account to invest this money in low-cost index funds. Simone, thanks so much for your question, and congratulations for blowing the lid off your retirement savings. That's fantastic. Not knowing what to do with all your extra cash is a fantastic problem to have, right? So in this show, I'll answer Simone's question and give you tips to make the most of additional money when you're a good saver, you get a raise, 
or you receive an unexpected cash windfall. No matter how much or how little extra savings you may have, we'll cover the right way to prioritize it. And by the way, if you have a question, a comment, or suggestion for future shows, please send them. You can reach me in a few different ways. One is on Twitter. My handle is at Laura Adams. You can also reach me on my contact page at lauradadams.com. Before I answer Simone's specific question about which investing account to choose, I want to back up and discuss how to prioritize your extra cash in the first place. I created a simple framework that I call the PIP plan, P-I-P. The PIP plan allows you to quickly take note of what you're doing right and where you may be vulnerable. So let's go through this framework first. The P in PIP stands for prepare for the unexpected. The I stands for invest for the future. The second P stands for pay off high interest debt. So let's review each one so you can apply it to your situation. Your first fundamental goal should be to prepare for the unexpected. As you know, life is full of surprises. Some of them bring you lots of happiness, but there are an infinite number of devastating events that could hurt you financially. In an instant, you could get fired from your job. You might need to travel to see a loved one. You could be the victim of a theft. You might get an oversized tax bill that you didn't expect. You could experience a natural disaster, get a serious illness, lose a spouse. I mean, I could go on and on. It's horrible to think about all the bad things that can happen. But when you're prepared for what may be around the corner, it's so much easier to handle those situations in your life. And being prepared is definitely a work in progress. You're not going to overnight have everything in place that you need. It should change over time because it really depends on factors like whether you have a family, your total amount of debt, and your income and job situation. While no amount of money can reverse a tragedy, having safety nets like an emergency fund, and insurance can protect your finances. They make coping with the tragedy much, much easier. So be determined to accumulate an emergency fund that's equal to at least three to six months worth of your living expenses. For instance, if you spend $5,000 a month on essentials like housing, utilities, food, and debt payments, make a goal to keep at least $15,000 in an FDIC-insured bank savings account. While keeping that much in savings may sound boring, I want you to remember that the goal for your emergency fund is safety, not growth. So the idea is to have immediate access to your cash when you need it. That's why I do not recommend investing your emergency money unless you've got more than a six-month cushion. And if you're thinking, Laura, I can never save that much money in a bank account, simply make a goal to start accumulating a reasonable amount over time. For instance, you could save one half of your target over two years or a third of it over three years. And a good tip is to put it on autopilot by creating an automatic monthly transfer from your checking into your savings account. If you're like Simone and already have enough saved, consider moving it into a high-yield savings or money market account that pays slightly more interest for large balances. And as I mentioned, another important aspect of preparing for the unexpected 
is having enough of the right kinds of insurance. If Simone and her husband are lacking any major insurance, such as disability, umbrella liability, or a life insurance policy, I'd recommend that they use some of their extra cash to purchase one of those or all of those types of policies before investing additional money. Okay, the next part of the PIP plan is the I, which is invest for the future. Once you start building an emergency fund and you've got the right kinds of insurance, the second goal that I mentioned is investing for retirement. If you're like most people, you'll need to work on both goals at the same time. So preparing for the future and investing for the future are things that you can work on simultaneously. But unlike your emergency fund, money in your retirement account should never be tapped until you retire. So this is a huge distinction between saving money and investing money. Remember to keep savings safe. So your emergency fund is savings. However, That safety comes at a cost because it gives you no or very little return. To beat inflation and earn enough to accumulate one or more million dollars for long-term goals like retirement, you're going to need to take some amount of risk by investing. So the money that you're investing is for the long term. It's for the future. You're going to need to put it at a little bit of risk or just enough risk to achieve your goals. And to do that, you want to use qualified retirement accounts like a workplace plan or an IRA to get extra tax savings that work in your favor. Retirement accounts were created to give you a little extra boost, a little extra help so that you can accumulate much more for the future and accumulate it more quickly. Some employers match a certain percentage of your contributions to a 401k or 403b, and that really turbocharges your account. So always invest enough to max out any free retirement plan matching at your work. Contributions to a retirement plan at work can only come from your paycheck. In other words, you can't just move money from your savings into a 401k or a 403b retirement plan. You've got to adjust your payroll deduction to increase or decrease the amount you invest. Simone says that she and her husband have maxed out their retirement plans at work, which is fantastic. Okay, the third part of the PIP plan, after you have prepared for the unexpected, and you're investing for retirement, the final P is pay off high interest debt. So once you've achieved the first two parts of that PIP plan, you're in a perfect position to pay off high interest debt. Always tackle your high interest debts first because they're costing you the most. They usually include credit cards, car loans, personal loans, and payday loans with double-digit interest rates. Remember that when you pay off a credit card that charges 18%, that's just like earning 18% on an investment after taxes. That's pretty impressive. Common low-interest loans might include your student loans, mortgages, and home equity lines of credit. These types of debt also come with tax breaks for some or all of the interest you pay, which makes them cost even less on an after-tax basis. So Simone is thinking about her mortgage the right way because she mentions that the interest rate is too low to prepay. Yes, paying it down would give her a guaranteed return, but likely a much lower return than she could make by investing. So I recommend that she turn to other investing options before prepaying her mortgage. 
And if you want to learn more about how to decide whether you should pay down debt or you should invest, you might want to check out podcast number 506. It's called, Should You Pay Down Debt Before Investing? Okay, now that we've covered the PIP plan, you've kind of got a foundation about how to think about your money, how to prioritize it. And we're going to get into the five places to invest after you max out a retirement account. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel okay the first place to invest after you've maxed out a retirement account is another retirement account an individual retirement arrangement or ira is a really great option. So when you've got a workplace plan like a 401k, 403b, or a 457, you always want to max it out first because the contribution limits are much higher than with an IRA. And as I mentioned, you may also get some employer matching. For 2017, you can contribute up to $18,000 to a workplace account or up to 24,000 if you're over age 50. With a traditional or a Roth IRA, you can only contribute up to 5,500 or 6,500 if you're over age 50. So that's one reason why the workplace plan is the first place to go. Now, an IRA is very different than a workplace plan. It's a personal account that has nothing to do with your work. You open it, fund it, and control it yourself. The only requirement to contribute to an IRA is that you've got some amount of earned income or you have a spouse with earned income. Even if you contribute to a retirement plan at work or max one out, 
you can also max out an IRA in the same year. There are annual income limits to qualify for a Roth IRA. So if you're a high earner, you may not qualify for a Roth IRA, but there are no income restrictions for a traditional IRA. Also, be aware that if you or a spouse participate in a retirement plan at work, the tax deduction on a traditional IRA may be reduced or eliminated depending on your income. Now, that doesn't mean you can't max out an IRA. However, only some or even none of your contribution will be deductible. Simone asked whether it's better to use a non-deductible IRA or a brokerage account to invest when you've maxed out a retirement option at work. Assuming that she and her husband earned too much to qualify for a Roth IRA, I'd encourage her to max out a non-deductible IRA first. While you don't get an upfront tax break on those contributions, you still defer investment taxes as your money grows in a non-deductible IRA. That means you don't pay any taxes on your earnings until you take withdrawals in retirement. If you want a little more clarity on this topic, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to podcast number 492 called, Can You Contribute to a 401k and an IRA in the Same Year? And if you want to learn more about the pros and cons of different types of retirement accounts, I created a handy one-page reference tool called the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. You can get the download by visiting the show notes for this episode in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com, or you can just send me a text message. Just text the word RETIRE, R-E-T-I-R-E, to the number 33444. Again, text RETIRE to the number 33444, and you'll get it right away. Okay, the second place to invest after you max out a retirement account is a retirement plan for the self-employed. Simone didn't mention if she has any other sources of income, but if you're self-employed or you've got your own company, there are even more ways to save for retirement in addition to an IRA, even if you already maxed out a retirement plan at a day job at work. I'll just cover my favorite plan here, which is a Simplified Employee Pension Plan, also known as a SEP IRA. It allows employers to make pre-tax contributions to a traditional IRA for each of their eligible employees. SEPs don't allow employees to contribute. They can only be funded by employer contributions. But what's really cool is that they allow individuals who are self-employed to make contributions to their own retirement account. And this is an account that I've used for years and love it. The money you put into a SEP can go to various options you choose from a menu of available investments like mutual funds. Your contributions are tax deductible and they grow tax deferred until retirement. The SEP rules allow you to contribute any amount you like or none at all. You can go up to 25% of your salary if you're an employee of your own company or up to 20% of your net self-employment income if you are self-employed. These percentages are capped at a maximum contribution of $54,000 for 2017. You can even have a SEP for your part or full-time self-employment income, even if you have another job where you participate in an employer retirement plan and max it out. So this is a great option for any of you who are earning income on the side. Okay, the third place to invest after maxing out a retirement account is 
a health savings account, or HSA. An HSA is a special tax-exempt account you can open for the sole purpose of paying medical expenses for you or your dependents. To be eligible, there are no income restrictions, but you must already have a qualified high-deductible health plan as either an individual or through an employer. Contributions to an HSA are deductible on your tax return, even if you don't itemize deductions. And when you withdraw funds to pay qualified medical expenses, those contributions plus any earnings are completely tax-free. So that actually makes it an even better tax deal than a retirement account. Money in most HSAs can earn interest, or it can be invested for potential growth in a menu of available options, such as mutual funds. So this account does double duty as a smart way to pay for medical expenses on a pre-tax basis and to invest your balance. For 2017, you or your employer can contribute a total of up to $3,400 to an HSA when you have a self-only or individual health plan, or $6,750 if you've got a family plan. If you're age 55 or older, you can contribute an additional $1,000 to an HSA when you've got either type of health plan. No matter where you buy your health insurance, You own an HSA and you manage it as an individual. So if you've got an HSA qualified plan, you don't need permission from an employer or the IRS to set up the account. And it stays with you even if you change jobs, you become unemployed or self-employed. And here's another great benefit of an HSA. When you turn 65, any remaining balance can be used for non-medical expenses with no penalty. Now, prior to age 65, you do have to pay a 20% penalty plus taxes if you spend money on non-qualified expenses. So you can't just spend HSA funds on anything you like. If you've still got money after age 65, you can spend it on anything that you like. So your HSA kind of morphs into something that looks like a traditional retirement account if you keep it long enough. Okay, the fourth place to invest are different types of annuity products. An annuity is a contract between you and an insurance company that promises to pay you income. Annuities can be complex because there are many different types sold by insurance companies, banks, and financial advisors. Think of an annuity as insurance or a guarantee that you'll have a future income stream. You purchase one with a lump sum or by paying premiums over time. Then the insurance company invests your money and typically pays you back over time, even for as long as you live, so that you never run out of money in retirement. Unlike with most tax-advantaged accounts, such as a 401k, an IRA, or HSA, there are no annual contribution limits with an annuity. You can put in as much as you want. And the longer you wait to start receiving annuity payments, the larger they may be. But like the way that investment earnings are treated in a traditional 401k or traditional IRA, the growth in an annuity is tax-deferred. You make payments to an annuity on an after-tax basis and only pay tax on the earnings portion of your withdrawals. Annuities may be a good option when you've maxed out all other tax-advantaged accounts, such as a retirement plan at work 
one or more IRAs, NHSA if you're eligible, and you're approaching retirement, say that you're over age 50. And the last place to invest is a taxable brokerage account. If you've run out of ways to make tax-advantaged investments and you're too young to consider annuities, like I said, you really want to be about over age 50 before you consider annuities, you want to put your extra cash in a regular brokerage account. You can't skip paying taxes on earnings in a brokerage account, so you've got to be sure to report the income when you file your tax return. The brokerage will send you the appropriate tax forms in January for the prior year, so you'll know the types and amounts of income that you earned or lost. Depending on the activity in the account, you might receive a Form 1099-B, which reports capital gains or losses. They may send you a Form 1099-DIV, which reports dividend income and distributions, or a Form 1099-INT, which reports interest income. Most investors pay 15% on long-term capital gains and investment dividends. But those in a low-income tax bracket, let's say you're in the bottom two brackets, either the 10% or the 15% bracket, they are exempt from investment taxes. And when it comes to investing, patience is rewarded because if you own an investment for a year or less, you're subject to short-term capital gains, which are the very same as your ordinary income tax rate, which is much higher. So holding on to investments for the long term in a brokerage account is what I recommend because ultimately you're going to pay less tax. While having to pay tax on growth in a brokerage account is definitely a downer, the upside is that you can take withdrawals at any time without a penalty. Taking early or non-qualified distributions from a retirement account an HSA, or even an annuity comes with costly penalties. So we've covered a lot here. Let's take a quick review. After you max out a workplace retirement plan, there are great options to keep investing. The best retirement investing strategy is to use tax-advantaged accounts first and then taxable accounts later. So let's go in this order. The first is workplace retirement plans, such as a 401k, 403B or a 457. The second is an IRA, such as a traditional, a Roth or a SEP IRA if you're self-employed. The third is an HSA, so when you've got an eligible health plan. The fourth are annuities, when you're approaching retirement age. And the fifth is brokerage accounts. So review your situation at least once a year to make sure that you're still on track and you're putting money in the right places. As your life changes, you may need more or less emergency money in the bank or different insurance coverage. When your income increases, take the opportunity to bump up your retirement contribution. Even increasing it 1% a year can make a huge difference in the type of retirement that you end up having. And here's another important tip. When you earn more, don't let your expenses increase as well. If you earn more, but you maintain or even decrease your expenses, you'll be able to reach any financial goal that you dream about much, much faster and put a whole lot more money in these accounts that we've covered today. I want you to keep listening, learning, and leveraging your resources to grow richer every single day. To keep learning and to join a really great group of people who are taking their financial lives to the next level, 
join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. Just text the word dollars to the number 33444. Also, subscribe to my weekly email. To get it, just text Get Updates with no space to that same number 33444. To find older podcast episodes, you'll find the full archive of shows along with all the show notes on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.